Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel, and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM1290, FM96.9, and streaming at AM1290KZSB.com. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and in Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with a personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Hi, Neil. How are you today? Well, for the first time in three years, I am back in the studio. So I am with Richard. Are you jealous? Oh, I am jealous. I'm still at home. Well, my, my internet is down, so uh, I had to come all the way down to Santa Bar- downtown Santa Barbara, which took me five minutes. And um, But it's like the old days. The only thing missing is you. Yes. Well, you know, and we all we all make sacrifices, long drives. But good news is we have a guest, Ricky Rizkin, who is the founder and publisher of Blue Dot Living. Vicki, thanks so much for being here with us. Pleasure to be with you, too. Um, it's great to see you again, Vicki. Um, but I can't see you because I don't have a camera here. Uh, but I can just imagine what you look like. Um, but the first, the first article we have is entitled Pay Raises Are Finally Beating Inflation After Two Years of Falling Behind. Uh, paychecks uh, surpassed inflation for the first time in two years, providing uh, financial relief to workers, uh, but it's complicating the Federal Reserve's efforts to tame price increases. Uh, inflation-adjusted average uh, hourly wages rose 1.2% in June from a year ago. Uh, this marked the second straight month of uh, seasonally adjusted gains over the last two years when workers historically have elevated raises were uh, erased by price increases. Um, and this gives the American economy, as the article says, uh, some impetus to uh, expect uh, increased spending, which will help avoid a recession. But the other side of it is that it may make it more difficult for the Fed to tame inflation. So this is the push-pull kind of uh, paradox that we're facing right now. Yeah, you know, it's true. Given that we are a consumer-based economy, the fact that raises are are outpacing inflation will create more spending. However, if you couple that with the fact that much of the pandemic relief is expiring here, either August or September of this year, I'm not sure that it will be you know, hinder the Fed in its in its taming of inflation at all, given that much of that pandemic spending has been, you know, helping families and providing excess um, cash in the, in the system that will be going away. Yeah, good point. So uh, the next article, I think, is really quite amazing story. Uh, I'm not sure how relevant it is to us, but I just couldn't resist bringing it in to talk about. And it's entitled... Uh, a billboard for the living room, how uh, Telly, a new company, wants advertisers to pay for your TV set. Now, this is a company called Telly that began shipping free smart TVs to U.S. homes. And the strategy here is to target viewers with ads um, that are uh, uh, effectively something that they would be interested in. So the way it works is uh, you volunteer to get a free TV set. You have to fill out a detailed questionnaire 
about what you like, what your preferences are. Then they give you a TV, a, a good TV, and it is only different in that below the TV they attach a bar, like a Sonos bar, that uh, will continually play advertisements and news that will be tailor-made to you. And uh, what they um, uh, expect to do is not only provide advertisers with uh, a direct advertising, which would make it more valuable to the advertisers, but also be able to test the messages that they're uh, giving to their uh, to, to their listeners, to their viewers, uh, because they'll be able to track these people. So, um, you know, everyone has been saying, and it's probably true, that uh, old-fashioned uh, TV, cable TV, is dead because a streaming makes so much more sense to the consumer. This is a small effort to uh, engage people in the old-fashioned TV and hopefully provide advertisers with a methodology of valuing whether or not it's the advertising is working. The problem I have with that working, though, is that the price of really great televisions have come down so much that basically who they would be advertising to, the people that would sign up for that, might very well be the same people that don't have excess cash flow or disposable income to buy whatever the ads are. Uh, very good point. And this was a four-page article that had one sentence to that effect, that that's the skewing, that is, it is so cheap to buy a TV set. But um, they believe that there'll be enough people that with a cross-section uh, to make it work. But you're right. That's the one floor in this uh, analysis. In this, in this, their, in their, their targeted marketing will go to all college students. Right. Uh, the next article is how new rules let you roll unused 529 college savings plan into a retirement plan. Now, a 529 college savings plan is one in which grandparents or parents put money into a, uh, uh, a fund that uh, compounds not taxable, and it can be used to pay for the uh, education of your child or your grandchild. Well, the new law that was just passed in the Secure 2.0 Act basically permits you, if the uh, child graduates and there's up to $35,000 left in the fund, uh, you can uh, contribute that to an IRA uh, for, a, uh, for a Roth IRA for the student's benefit. And um, that's pretty neat. In other words, instead of having to recapture the money, you're able to give it to the child as long as it's not more than $35,000 and it goes into a Roth IRA, which then for the child, it compounds as uh, tax-free. I have to say it, it sounds better than I think it will be in actuality. So there are lots of caveats on that. And I'll be interested to see as, as um, more time passes and more of the institutions put in regulations about how to do it. Um, it's it's based upon the child's income. So if the child gets out of college and starts making, you know, over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which would, would be great. Right. They're no longer eligible. So there are eligibility requirements. And it's important that, you know, before you start thinking about doing this, you can only do it up until the, the maximum amount of the Roth per year. So that would be six thousand dollars. So you'd have to do it over a period of time. 
But yes, in theory, it sounds like a great opportunity and practicality. Uh, uh, it will be interesting to see how it does play out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. In fact, adding to that point is that in the article, it says that the IRS has not uh, promulgated actual rules to how to do this. So there's still some questions because they haven't bothered to you know actually tell people how to do it. And the final article we have today, which I got a kick out of, it's called uh, The Number One Soft Skill Highly Successful People Use at Work. And it says, quote, it's like having a superpower. And what it is is the ability – it sounds crazy, but I appreciate this because this is one of my problems – the ability to actually listen when somebody talks because people tend to think about either – what they're going to do later or what their next question is going to be, and they don't actually listen to the person they're speaking to. And this study, I'm not sure how they did this study, said that if there's a, two people and one of them actually listens when they talk to their coworkers, they have a better chance of success because, A, they were appreciated by the coworker, and, B, they're able to communicate uh, in a way that is uh, respectful of the other person speaking. And and this is one I, I in, uh, really uh, uh, agree with because I if I have one fault is I tend to ask questions and go on to the next thought in my mind and not and not listen. And uh, it's, it's really something that uh, all of us should probably spend more time thinking about. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Showers of Blessing is a nonprofit organization here in Santa Barbara that provides free hot showers, companionship, conversation, and access to services for people experiencing homelessness. Here's Nancy Shobe. Everyone is treated with respect and love and kindness. The beautiful thing is the transformation when our guests come out of a shower. I mean, the quotes from different guests of ours have been, I can now ride the bus and have people sit next to me. I can now go apply for a job and I feel like I'm in top form for the interview. I feel fantastic. One of my biggest concerns is that homelessness is going to grow. We have to help and really provide for our most vulnerable neighbors, it's imperative. To learn more about Showers of Blessing and to see how you can help out, go to showersofblessingsb.org. That's showersofblessingsb.org.
Welcome back to Money Talk. We're brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And you can reach us at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. If you're just joining us, you're in for a real treat. We have Vicki Riskin, who's the founder and publisher of Blue Dot Living with us. So Vicki, tell us, how did you, first of all, what, how did you, how did you come up with Blue Dot Living and what is it? Well, that's a big question. Uh, I came up with it, as you know, I lived in Santa Barbara for maybe 20 years. And after the mudslides and the fires, I moved back to Martha's Vineyard and I was settling in and it was a new life. And it was quite evident that the most important thing that we can be thinking about as communities, whether it's Santa Barbara or Martha's Vineyard or wherever, is how we're going to manage life in face of climate change. And most of the publications that are out there are full of very scary information or uh, a sense of you better do this or else. <laughs> and I don't think that helps people make the changes that they want to make and need to make. I think so blue dot, blue dot is the earth and blue dot living is the lifestyle that we can live together if we're gonna tackle these problems and learn how to live more sustainably. It comes from, inspired by Carl Sagan, who was the great astrophysicist who sent out the first Voyager spaceship. And he said, turn, turn the ship around so we can have a picture of it. And the engineers reluctantly made a course correction. And here was this little blue dot. And he said, on that blue dot is everyone we love, everyone we care about, and this is where we take our stand on this pale blue dot. And I was very, it's a beautiful long speech and I've truncated it, but the idea is we're all in this together and let's take care of this beautiful place that is rather magical in many ways. So that was the inspiration. Wow, and you know, just to give our audience a, a snippet of, of all you've done, you are an author a television writer, a producer, a human rights activist, and the former president of the Writers Guild. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff, Vicki. <laughs> How did you come to narrow down on wanting to- Oh, by the way, by, excuse me, Diane, and she's only 30 years old, which is really, <laughs> makes it even more impressive. And I, and I don't look like Elizabeth Taylor, right? <laughs> Go ahead. So, so now what made you, what made you focus in on, um, cli on climate and, and the earth as, as an, as a, a, a starting point? I know, you know, it's interesting. My, my fifth grader, he was in fifth grade during the time of the last presidential election. He kept just saying all of it doesn't matter if, if the, the earth doesn't exist anymore. So any issue that you'd want to talk to him about, he was definitely climate focused because he he's concerned that the planet's not going to be the same planet when he gets to become an adult as it is right now. And so it just, I'm, I'm always, you, you spoke about that, you know, that story that inspired you, but where did you even hear about it? And when did it come into your consciousness 
the well, I knew I knew I wanted to I started with a print magazine and then we can get into that because print is not so uh, affordable or doable anymore and now we're digital and it, we've expanded significantly but I was searching for a name and I I uh, just kept coming back to this idea of this little image of the of the little earth from outer space you know the sense of tenderness you have when you see it so far away and so vulnerable circling around it's a very different perspective but the living part blue dot living was the other part of the of the idea which is how we live where we live and what we need to do and what we can do and what can be pleasurable to do if we do it together and then the tagline is at home on earth and so it all just came together uh and and now we are um we've established a national footprint uh a national website blue dot living and we have about a hundred thousand subscribers and we're aiming for two or three million uh over the next two or three years just going out and getting people to be engaged with us so and it's going quite well so, and what type of articles do you cover? Well, the national articles tend to be from all over the country. We call them our dispatches. So it could be everything from the fact that there are parts of Western um, Virginia, West Virginia, where the coal mines are shutting down and they realize it's a very beautiful place and they're starting to build more tourism and bringing people in to... Uh, a story of a company that is making leather out of mushrooms. Or in Santa Barbara, there's a great little company called Apeel, and they they wrap, you don't see it, and it's edible, but fruit and vegetables with a, a transparent, clear wrap. I, wrap isn't even the right word, coating. And then it, the the fruit lasts much longer. So uh, so it might be a story about that. But one of the most popular stories we've had is called the story of Slab City, which is uh, an encampment out in Salton Sea, one of the hard, hottest places in the country. And maybe uh, 800 to 1,000 nomads who live on this abandoned Air Force base where there's just cement. And they've brought in tents and they brought in RVs and they've made community and they look after each other and they are they have the wisdom about caring for each other that those of us who live in giant houses with big properties and are isolated they've they found ways to care for each other in one of the hottest places in the country so so there there are a variety of of stories and so you said that you're you've gone local I I mean, national, I see that you have a local Martha's Vineyard where you currently reside. And it, does that just mean that those stories more focus on the area in which which it is? So it's a it's a complete it's a, 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 a dedicated website. It's like its own little digital magazine just for Martha's Vineyard. And we already if you if you uh, Google right now, Blue Dot Living Santa Barbara, we haven't launched the newsletter that goes with it, but the site is up and we are building it and you can see an early version of it. And then at the end of this month, which is coming up next week, I think, we will send out a newsletter and folks can sign up and the stories are local. 
So it's the story of the uh, woman who has the dry cleaners in town, Ablitz, and she gathers up all the plastic and sends it to a company that makes Trex decking or, you know, makes another product out of it. Or there's so much in Santa Barbara. I, I just want to emphasize this, that the rest of the country would benefit knowing about because there's a lot of in innovation, a lot of dedication. We do a feature piece on the Community Environmental Council, which is just rehab this beautiful space downtown to make a center where we can come together and talk about those, all the complicated issues from solar panels to heat pumps to electric cars. Uh, and so we do a piece about that. We did a piece about Elizabeth Poet, who's the daughter of Marianne Partridge, who runs the ranch up in, that the family has one of the oldest ranches in the, uh, well, certainly in California, it was the De La Guerra Ranch originally. And we all know De La Guerra. So she's doing a television series called Ranch to Table. And she's a r real activist. So. There are many, many, you know, Lotus Land, the Botanical Gardens, the the uh, Elwood uh, Butterfly Sanctuary. There's just there's such gems in in Santa Barbara. So if someone is listening and they want to uh, look at your website, it's it's Santa Barbara Blue Dot uh, Living dot com. And if they want to look at all of the national, is it this? Is it just bluedotliving.com? dot com? How do you how do you get to choose which community you want to look at? Uh, so if you sign up, if you go to blue dot living Santa Barbara, it will offer you Santa Barbara newsletter. It'll offer you the national newsletter. We have a marketplace of good companies, the Patagonia type companies. Uh, and then we're we're also developing in the fall uh, a a food a food and kitchen and wine special newsletter. And do you advertise in the in the uh, on the web in the magazine? We advertise. We do have advertising spots. Our first in Santa Barbara will be sponsored by the Montecito Bank and Trust and Riskin and Associates. And that was really because. Uh, their family, and they won't be if they don't advertise. <laughs> you're, you're, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that they gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank, and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. Sweet strawberry icing. You were strolling along in goodwill when just past that mid-century side table and denim jacket, you spotted them nestled in their display case. Miniature donut earrings. Oh, yes! Yes! Your favorite half-breakfast pastry, half-all-day dessert food, made into your favorite form of ear candy. Oh, my. Those bejeweled sprinkles have satisfied some unknown hunger within you. 
Do you smell that? That's the sugary scent of shopping success. For this is Goodwill. And with every item you buy, you fund local job training and more. So go forth. Bring home those donut earrings. And bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. I'm Ed Giron. And I'm Maria Long. And we're inviting you to join us Mondays at 10 a.m. right here at AM 1290 for Community Matters. The weekly radio forum that gives Santa Barbara's nonprofit organizations the opportunity to share solutions to community challenges. So please join us Mondays at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. and Sundays at 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. for Community Matters. On KZSB AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station. Money Talk brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. So, Vicki, you, you know, your parents were, at, were the actress Faye Ray and the Academy-winning screenwriter Robert Riskin. So in a sense, you were destined to become part of the business. Now, is that how you became involved in television as not only a writer, but also a producer? Uh, Well, yes and no. So I did feel that maybe I was destined to be in the business when I was very young. And I thought I wanted to be an actress until I realized that when I got in front of a camera and tried to say lines, I broke into hives. (laughs) So I thought maybe this isn't for me. that's probably a good indication, huh? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh. I, I just, I, I, I could talk to a crowd of ten thousand, but put me in front of a camera and ask me to play a part, and I, I would probably, well, I would, I would, I break out into hives. So, I, uh, I, I studied and became a psychologist for a number of years, um, and I was very, very moved by an experience I had with a woman who I was who was in treatment with me who who had cancer and was not going to live more than maybe nine months given the medication and I mean the medical state of the medical profession at the time and she had no one else in her life and so it was one of these very big adventure painful moving experiences of my becoming a central person in this woman's life and I was ill-prepared because my father had died when I was young, and this was like a recreation of these painful feelings that I worked through as we prepared for her final months. And we turned it the story into a movie for television with Mary Tyler Moore and Bernadette Peters. And when I got to the set and was producing I thought, this is where I belong, not in front of the camera, behind the camera you know, building the collegiality and the uh, getting everybody to do their best, which people do who work in the movie business. They work very, very hard. Uh, 
so that led to producing and then writing some other films for television primarily. And so you also wrote as an author, is that correct? You wrote a biography of both your mo mom and dad entitled Faye Ray and the Robert Riskin, a Hollywood memoir. Tell us about the many influences that they had on you as growing up. Now you said your, your dad passed away when you were young. What, what was that like being off, offspring of Hollywood royalty basically? Well, I growing up in Los Angeles, you really knew you were royalty. People didn't say to you, are your parents in the motion picture business? They said, are your parents in the business? There was a, you know, there was one important business it felt to us in town. It was glamorous. And, and people felt you were special because you were part of that inner circle or that club. And, uh, of course, my family was Jewish, so... There were there were separate golf clubs and separate places that those of the who were Jewish went, but they were much more fun because you had all the comedians, the Jack Benny's of the world, Harpo Marx, you know, who was a regular. These guys were regulars at our house. And then Diane, when I was about six, my father had a terrible stroke, and he never recovered. So this sort of magical world people swirling in and out who were funny and talented, all came to a crashing halt. And I put all of those feelings into a box, sort of touched them again when I made that movie with Mary Tyler Moore and Bernadette Peters, but really felt I needed to go back and find the person who I had lost, and that was my father. So this was a an investigative journey. Who was this man? And... Uh, and it was an amazing experience because I found someone that I liked even more than I thought I, <laughs> he was quite wonderful. So I well, got- Well, and it was probably very therapeutic for you. Completely therapeutic and almost physiologically, I just gonna sound funny because I remembered him as a little girl and he seemed very tall, you know, and my memory of him. And by the time the book was done, he was my height. So he had come into, a frame that was balanced, realistic, and clear and grown up. But, you know, it took a long time to get to that, that repair work. Absolutely. And so, you know, coming back to this, you know, sustainability being such a large focus of yours, Partially, it, it became out of the, you know, natural disasters that we experienced here in Santa Barbara. But do you think that seed was planted before you experienced that from from childhood? I, I think for my it's a great question. So for my dad grew my dad's career was at its peak in the 1930s through the 1940s, you know, before the war. And the films that he made uh, all had the, touched on the social issues of the time. Now, the social issues of the time were great unemployment, hunger. He, he believed he was a big supporter of FDR and the New Deal. And so almost every film, even though they were romantic comedies and they were charming, uh, but they all had a social, um, I don't want to say message because 
someone said, if you want to send a message in a movie called Western Union, there isn't, doesn't exist anymore. But I mean, they, there was the humanity that, that he was trying to touch and also show that the people are basically good. And when they do things together, they can solve almost any problem. And I see those themes in his movies. But to be honest, I start, I started, I didn't make that connection, but now I do, not only because you've asked me the question, Diane, but because I'm beginning to see that myself. That if I can, if I can have somebody read something and be moved or laugh or be inspired, I can move that needle a little bit in the direction that we all need to go. And yet you, so, you know, and yet, and yet you spent the time with uh, Human Rights Watch, which uh, forced you to see some of the ugliest parts of humanity. That is true. I did. And um, while I was not a researcher myself, I was helpful in building the organization as a you know board member. And uh, you think, oh, my goodness, if people see the bad things going on, everybody will help stop it. But it doesn't always work. You know, look what's happening in Ukraine uh, or look what's happening in Sudan or we have to just keep working on it and you you can't walk away i don't think oh you can but um we only get better through a lot of hard work and we do get better i mean when you think about it at the end of the 1700s into the 1800s almost most of the world was enslaved they were indentured they were owned by another person with very few people you know today slavery exists in other ways but not the we've moved forward you know civilization has moved forward and you just have to keep moving forward together uh you're listening to money talk on am 1290 and fm 96.9 and we'll be right back American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 
31? I mean, 13? We took, took a, a left, left on, on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So Vicki, I have a serious question for you to to kick off this um, next segment. Given that the blue dot is really about sustainability, you know, I can't help but to look at the new the weather of the of the nation and the world really the last two weeks and think to myself, these are the highest temperatures that have been recorded in history. Is it too late to stop climate change? And, you know, what do you think about that? Or do you try not to think about it? (laughs) Yeah, I go I go to bed and pull the covers over my head. I, I was I was driving along. This is going to sound a little political, so but I was driving along thinking about how much fun people made of Al Gore when he was talking about climate change. You know, who's that kooky guy? And of course, everything that he predicted is now happening. Is it too late? I don't think you can turn down the temperature as we're now experiencing it, but you can certainly reduce it the the impact of it getting worse. We just have to get carbon out of the air. And there are many effective ways of doing that that are not uh, uh, impossible, but it would require so much buy-in. Regenerative farming is a huge way of, you know, turning the corner if you can get the farming industry to do it, mandate it, that you can start to sequester carbon. Kelp is a great carbon sequester, whales are. I mean, there are lots of things that you can uh, advocate uh, that can uh, sequester carbon and people have to use less fossil fuel made products, plastics in their day-to-day life and move to electric vehicles. That's a lot of different things. It's not like the days when we said, let's stop smoking because it's bad for our health. We're talking about a variety of things, um, but you know the challenge now is that as it gets hotter around the country, that means people use more air conditioning, and there's a bigger load uh, required for energy. Uh, so, so you have to look at the totality. But there's some fantastic people like just at UCSB who are experts in this. There's a woman named Lydia Stokes. If you can get her to come on. I strongly recommend her. She's brilliant. Uh, and uh, there are various uh, leaders around the country who are trying to put new regulations in place to limit, you know, that, well, any new building has to meet certain requirements. California is excellent in this regard. But don't you think in some regard, there's this, the echo chamber of, of news and there are wedge issues that, 
people don't believe in climate change. Some people do, some people don't. And, and you know, people who would subscribe to your newsletter obviously are, are like-minded individuals about wanting to help sustainability in the, in the, in the world and in our earth. How do you reach that other side? How do you create it so that it's not a you versus us, but rather a, a, an issue that everybody has to deal with in, in some way, shape or form? Right. I think, you know, when you say it didn't used to be that way, I mean, both Republicans and Democrats were on board with the having to address climate change. Now, now, if you say climate change, that means you're a Democrat, right? You're not yeah. a Republican. I mean, that's ridiculous. But if you say to a fisherman in Idaho who lives off of salmon fishing, do you want to you want to have a healthy stream? Do you want to have a good crop? Do you want to enjoy the beauty of the air? Now you can have a conversation. You know, there it's it's not so much in the big words, but in the day-to-day living. Do you want to uh, do you want to have cleaner air? I mean, it's critical, you know, or do you want to fishermen face the problem of pulling fish out of the water filled with plastic? They so whether what their political orientation is less important in some from my point of view, I want to find that place where we can have conversation. I'm happy to have conversation with anybody as long as it doesn't get into the Democrat Republican, only because I don't think that really moves the needle. So So I guess my question is in your marketing plan for Blue Dot, do you have how do you intend to reach those people of other political persuasions? Given that when we talk about climate change, you know, and both of both of your your markets that sh- that you're in right now, both Mar- Martha's Vineyard as well as Santa Barbara, tend to skew more liberal than conservative. How are how how are you going to move the needle with people of different mindsets? Yeah, I I think that's what I'm very excited about this uh, uh, relationship I have with uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul and Crackle TV. Uh, and they have uh, Redbox as well, these kiosks all across the country, 34,000 Redboxes, and they have an audience of 50 to 60 million in places, and it's free streaming, but I think they are reaching audiences that we don't usually reach. I think they're reaching rural audiences, they're reaching different demographics, and we will continually, as we we roll this out, study audience. Who is the audience? What are they like? Not so much that we make shows just to please them, but what's working? Can they see themselves in this conversation? The show we're proposing is like a 60 Minutes for Young People with journalists who go out to meet people in different places. But while four of them are young, I have someone in her 70s who's a grandmother and who's worried about what's going to happen for her kids. So can we find ways to reach people that they enjoy us, they think we're interesting and give them some sense of hope and meet some curious and strange people, meet animals, just a lot of possibilities. So I don't know if I've answered your question, but I think it's the right one. How can we talk about these things outside of the political boxes as people who live in towns, real towns, and people who care about what happens to their kids. And uh, not everybody's gonna say, I see the relationship between 
plastic and, and climate, you know, it, it's not going to always be obvious. So it's just a little by little kind of thing. If you remember, well, think- if you remember the, the uh, woman in, in 2016 who said that uh, we, she wants the government to keep their, their hands off of Medicare, uh, it, it's, a, it's also about education in order to convince people that what is like you, your, fisher, your fisherman story, uh, in, in Texas they've had one of the most vibrant wind and uh, alternative electric uh, revolution and it's helped Texas sustain the electric grid, and yet you have the governor, you know, trying to uh, 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 cut back on wind power. Um, it's 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 about education, which is one of the great things about your magazine is to convince the ordinary citizen that forget about the political view is that it actually helps you. Yeah. I mean, see, uh, one of the things I'd love to do on this show is to go to Texas and talk to some of those entrepreneurs, because some of them are big oil companies. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. You know, I I think it's worth pointing out as well, you know, as local newspapers are becoming more and more rare, like even if you look to Santa Barbara yesterday, the the news press filed for bankruptcy, you know, it's a real threat to our local democracy of of finding information out. And so I, I think it's quite admirable to say, Blue Dot, you're hoping to go into all these different segments of, of, the, of the country to provide this information about sustainability, whether you live in a small rural America in the Midwest or if you're in one of the metropolitan areas of the Northeast. And I, I, I you know, think that you have a real niche and a real opportunity, and it will be fun to, to watch you grow along the way. Oh, thank you so much, Diane. That's just a lovely thing. I, I think we all have a concept of what means what what is where is home. Some of it is your house, but it's also where you live, and that's the that's what we all care first about: making sure we're safe and as best we can have a quality of life where we live. Right. It reminds me. You're, if O'Neill, you know, you're, all politics are local. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> listening. You're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety and FM ninety six point nine. And believe it or not, we'll be right back with our final segment. When you're farming a vineyard, you have one hundred and eighty days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank. It's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day basis has been a real strength in what we bring to our client base. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. The organization known as Communify provides services and programs so Santa Barbara County's vulnerable populations can achieve economic stability and thrive. Here's Julie Weiner. Our focus is on really addressing the complex issues around poverty and what puts people into poverty and keeps people into poverty. So the name Communify means unifying the community against these issues and trying to help people. We have 16 programs currently that help low-income children, families, teens, and seniors. We are the provider of all 23 Head Start and Early Head Start campuses. We also run the 211 Santa Barbara County Helpline. If anybody 
anybody out there who's listening today needs our support, please contact us. Our phone number is 1-800-655-0617. To learn more about the services and programs offered by Communify, go to communifysb.org or call 1-800-655-0617. One of our least favorite inventions, the parking meter, first appeared in Oklahoma City this month in 1935 and quickly spread to revenue-seeking towns and cities across the nation. At the same time, pay parking lots and garages began to spring up. Now a major business, today there are nearly 13,000 commercial parking facilities in the U.S., which take in over $7.5 billion a year in fees. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to About Education, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. <laughs> so, Neil, you had a question for Vicki. So, Vicki was, uh, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, president of the uh, Writers Guild of America, uh, there's a strike going on right now. Do you have a view of what's going on? I, it, it's, it's probably going to go on for quite some time. There's so much at stake for both the writers and, uh, and, the, and the actors. And what Peggy Noonan, who I mentioned in the break, uh, wrote a piece, and she reminds the readers that some of these big streaming companies have been badly managed. So they say they don't have more money to pay the writers. So they're they're squeezing, for example, they have something called the writer's room where writers sit together and they come up with the stories and then they write the scripts and so on and so forth. Used to be you would have 12 people in a room and maybe each person would do a, a script and help the others. Now there may be two or three in the room. There, everything is being squeezed and um, much less IA, which is a big big concern for the both Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild. So um, with streaming now, the primary outlet for content for television shows and the demise of the big networks, there's no such thing anymore as residuals for writers. So if they earn $20,000 for a script, used to be they would make another twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in residuals. That's all gone away. So writers' income have shrunk. And uh so the business has to really look at how it's gonna go forward and um how you're gonna keep talent. You know, it the the ideas for these shows come directly from the writers, members of the guild. So I'm with them 100% is what I'm saying. You know, there's a, there was an article in the, Los, in the Los Angeles Times today, which I thought was very interesting. It said there are no statesmen among the studio heads. There used to be people who were so well-respected at the studios that they could make a deal. And right now you have people that are not really part of the entertainment industry and are certainly not statesmen. And so people both on the union side and the, and the company side are talking past each other. That's 100% true. Um, 
in the olden days, which were that long ago, but in the olden days, the king of the hill was Lou Wasserman. He was head of Universal Studios. He built that studio. And he always said, I need the people who work under me to be successful. And he, you could fight and fight and fight. And then he'd walk in the room and he'd say, here's the deal. And everybody would fall on their knees and go away because he was always fair. He was always fair. And one time he made a deal and uh, he walked out of the room and one of the studio heads said, oh, you made that deal out. We don't accept that. And he said, I gave my word. And they said, well, we don't like the deal. And he said, well, I'm not reneging. So I'll sign the contract with the Writers Guild and you guys are on your own. And everybody fell in line. He was an extraordinary, uh, powerful personality. Well, there isn't anyone to replace him, not even close. Maybe Bob Iger of Disney is about as elder statesman-y as there, there is. And, and I don't think he's able to lasso this thing. So it's, it's a worry. And it does need someone like Lou Wasserman to come in and say to these companies, you're not going to survive if you don't have good writing, you don't have good content, you don't have good actors. You know, actors make a minimum, if they make minimum wage, which a lot do is like maybe for a week's work, $2,000. So, so Vicki, it's so good that you came here today. Uh, you've had... 18 great careers. The The latest one, uh, Blue Dot Living, is something that all our listeners should sign up for. It's a, a great way to really find out nationally and for Santa Barbara some of the things that we can all do for a better environment. So thank you so much, Vicki, for being here. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.